Well, welcome to the Marty Minto Show podcast. I'm your host, Marty Minto, the informative voice for Christianity all across America. Some have called me the blue-collar theologian, trying to make sense of what God has to say in the Bible. Well, that's exactly what we do here on the Marty Minto Show podcast. We learn the Word of God so that we can teach others and defend the truth because in the last days, we're going to be inundated with false teachers and people that are saying things and believing things that are just not true. You know, one of the things that uh, anybody who knows me personally realizes that I am passionate about, that is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about here today on the Marty Minto Show. You hear me use that uh you heard me use that phrase quite often, the gospel. And uh, there are a lot of people in our world today that just don't know exactly what the gospel message is. And matter of fact, uh, for those of you out there, I, I want to share this with you because it's of the utmost importance. Um, I have come up with a track, and a track is it's two-sided. It's something that you would use to help you to equip you to share the gospel message with other people. It is also something that you can give uh, to others that uh, will share the gospel. It's filled with um, a lot of scripture, and um, it deals with four areas, and that is God, Adam, Jesus, and the person that you're giving it to. Um, And I can tell you right now, it's a great track. And uh, it's entitled, Are You Prepared to Enter Heaven? And on the top, it asks the question, Who is Jesus to you? And it's based upon John chapter 8, verse 24, where Jesus says, Unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And as I've said this before, the word he doesn't exist in the Greek. It's italicized in your Bible translation. He says, Unless you believe that I am. And I am is a a statement that was made by God himself to Moses in Exodus chapter 3 as God spoke to Moses from the burning bush. But anyways, this track shares the gospel message. And this track is available to all of you out there for free. All you have to do is email me, martyminto at gmail.com. That's Marty with a Y, Minto's M-I-N-T-O. And I will do my best when you send me your information uh, via email, uh, or get a hold of me on our Facebook page, the Marty Minto Show podcast on Twitter, Instagram, whatever the case may be. We will bless you by sending you out a stack of these tracks absolutely for free. Uh, if you want to donate and help out the ministry, that's up to you, but they are free. And so I don't want anybody to get the idea that somehow I'm trying to make money off of sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with the world around us. Well, once again, we hear the terminology quite often used, uh, the gospel. And the gospel simply is, truly, the good news. And the good news is about Jesus. Jesus, we could say, is the gospel. Matter of fact, the first mention of the gospel is actually found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And in that passage, what we have is simply God in his judgment— Uh, against uh, the serpent, because the serpent was the one who tempted uh, Eve uh, to sin against God, and then Adam partook also. But he is the tempter. But we read 
God says to the serpent, I will put enmity, means an enemy, between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. Now again, the he here is Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. The seed of a woman, a woman doesn't have a seed, but again, this is the seed that is brought about uh, as we know of the incarnation. Mary is to be found with child, and that child is from the Holy Spirit. And we know that the seed within her is Jesus Christ himself. But that's the first mention, uh, theologians would say, of the gospel, of what they call the proto-evangelium. And um, we also know from the Bible in the book of 1 Corinthians, I've asked this question for to people for years, if you were going to talk about the gospel, where would you turn? And as they, some of them look at me and go, hmm, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, you would turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and really look at the first four verses because Paul makes it clear what the gospel is. And listen to what Paul says. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So Paul's already he's already preached the gospel to those at Corinth. Um, and he makes it clear that you receive this gospel, you're standing upon it, you believe it to be true, uh, the evidence, the facts that have been presented, you believe it to be true, but you have also placed your faith, you have entrusted yourself to the object of the gospel message, and the object of our faith of the gospel message is Jesus Christ himself. And by believing this and receiving the gospel, he says here in verse 2, you're saved. That's what I try to tell people all the time. That's why salvation is by faith alone, and that faith that we place is in Jesus Christ alone. It's not based upon anything we do or we merit. It's all based upon what he has done, who he is, etc. But it says here in verse 3, For I delivered to you as first importance. Now, when we look at that, uh, it's important for us to understand. He he says really a, a you know, the first thing that I shared with you, the thing that I came to do and to preach and to bring to you was the gospel, was the good news. And listen to what he says. He says, I delivered to you as a first importance what I also received. Now, Paul's making it clear that he received the gospel. He believed by faith. He entrusted himself to Jesus Christ. And here's what he said, that Christ died for our sins According to the scriptures, he was buried, and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And then it goes on. But we see here uh, the Christ. Christ died. Well, who is the Christ? Who is the Messiah? Who truly is the one that God has sent to deliver man? Well, we know that his name is Jesus, the only begotten Son of the living God. But Paul's already shared this message with them, so he's reiterating the importance of the gospel message. But really, right there, you understand that the the whole gospel message is about Jesus Christ. It is about him coming. 
which we start with God sending his son. We have the incarnation. We have the life that he lived. He came for a purpose, and that was for our sins. He had to die for our sins. This is according to Scripture, according to the prophets, some of them hundreds, even thousands of years before Christ was born here uh, upon this earth. As he came, and became the God-man. We have the Scriptures that are being fulfilled, and we also have the fact that he died. He was buried. But on the third day, he was raised to life. And again, all of this is according to the Scriptures. All this is according to the prophets and what they spoke and taught people But this whole gospel message is about Jesus. Jesus is the gospel. Now, in the Bible, we do find, and this is very important for us to understand, this is actually God's gospel. It's not Paul's gospel. He received it. But it's called God's God's gospel. Paul says that in Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, it's also in other places, Romans 15, 16, 1 Thessalonians 2, 8, 1 Timothy 1, 11, etc. We also know it as the gospel of the kingdom. It talks about the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God is going to be all about. And uh, it's important for us to understand this. And And Jesus went about, the Bible tells us in Matthew 4, Chapter 4, verse 23, went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, about a kingdom in which he himself is the king. The Bible also talks about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what the gospel, the good news, is all about. It is about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Mark 1.1. Now, again, I give you these rep- references, and I could tell you more. Uh, you know, Paul referred to it when he wrote to those at Ephesus in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. He referred to it as the gospel of salvation. It says here, "...in whom ye also trusted," meaning Jesus, "...after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you have believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise." So once again, the gospel is God's gospel. It's the good news. It is about Jesus Christ. It is about the kingdom. It is a gospel of salvation. So when you believe in the gospel or you believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to be saved. So that's why I am so passionate, so passionate about this topic of the gospel. And be honest with you, it's an issue of getting the gospel right today. There are many out there who are proclaiming different Gospels, which we know based upon what Paul wrote to the church at Galatia, that there is only one Gospel. There's only one Gospel message. And Paul made it clear in Galatians chapter 1 that if anyone, even an angel from heaven, would come and bring a different Gospel— Um, and not preach the true gospel, they were to be accursed or anathema. And he repeats this twice in the passage in Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. The reason is, is because the severity of it. First of all, if you present a false gospel, you present a false salvation, which ultimately would be to present a false Christ or a false Jesus, who is the Christ. And see, in our world today, there are many of Jesuses. 
Uh, there, people have created, even within the visible church and Christendom, people have created a Jesus that is not biblical, a Jesus that doesn't even exist, according to the pages of God's holy word, the Bible. They've created another gospel, which there isn't really another. There's only one true gospel. And that's why it's so important to get the gospel right. And there's one thing I do know, that the gospels that are being preached today have no power. They have no ability to save anyone. They have no ability to do the work of God because it's not from God. It's not the true gospel. And the reason I say that is because we are told by Paul the Apostle in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, this is important. The true gospel message is the power of God. Now, I've talked about this time and time again, and I really get excited about this because in our world today, I meet people all the time that want to talk and want to see miracles. They want to see uh, something miraculous take place. They want to see God's power demonstrated. There are people within visible Christianity who belong to certain denominations who believe when certain things manifest themselves, there's the power of God. There's God at work. You have people who are, quote-unquote, drunk in the Holy Spirit, people who are uh, speaking in tongues, uh, people who are running around and jumping over pews, people who are falling over. Some are being told they've been slain in the power of God. Uh, the list goes on. I mean, there, there are people that weep and people that howl and people do all kind of things, and, and they, they, they want to, and they really believe that if that happens at a church service, God showed up. There's the power. There's the evidence. There's the proof. But the truth of the matter is, when we talk about the power of God, I believe the true demonstration of God's power is found when we proclaim the gospel, when we proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that is lost. And I'll tell you why. Because the greatest miracle is not God making a blind man see. It's not making a lame man walk. It is not raising someone from the dead. The greatest miracle of God, the power of God unleashed, is taking someone who has a stony heart, a heart that is cold and calloused, a person who doesn't care, doesn't long, doesn't want, doesn't desire God or the things of God, who is truly an enemy of God's, a hater of God, who is actually doing the work of the devil, Uh, one who is spiritually dead. And guess what? He changes that stony heart to a heart of flesh. He awakens them spiritually. He revives them. He gives them life. They are born from above. They're born again. They're changed. They are a new creature. Everything about them has been changed. 
the old has passed, the new has come. This, to me, is God's greatest demonstration of his power. That's why I do realize, I just had a brother in Christ share this with me just the other day, and he was saying it's kind of discouraging, Marty, sometimes, because the truth of the matter is when we share the gospel, we realize based upon the parable that Jesus talked about, about the soil and the seed. When we scatter the seed, which is the word of God, he talks about four different types of soil. Only one out of the four, which is not great statistical odds, but one out of four, the seed takes root and it bears fruit. In other words, when we share the gospel with people, we may not always see the fruit. There may not be the change. There may not be that work of God in people's lives. But we do so because we not only are commanded to share the gospel, but it's a privilege to tell others about. We, we want them to experience. We want them to have eternal life. We want them to, to experience what we've experienced in our life. And yet, at times, that doesn't happen. But when it does, and God changes somebody, oh my goodness. I mean, you probably have heard the testimonies of people uh, you know, that God has done a work inside them, that, that no pill, no therapist, nothing in the world could change, people couldn't change, but God did it. And there are some people that, not be just drugs and alcohol, but just, once again, were dead. All men are spiritually dead towards God. But when God changes somebody, when he awakens somebody, when he, when he gives them life, the truth of the matter is, that is the power of God unleashed. And ultimately, they're saved. It's the gospel of salvation. That's another reason why when we talk about this, we should be so stirred, because this is what is truly that which saves people. Um, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the words of Christ. Um, in order for a person to truly be saved, they have to hear the gospel. They have to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And so when I look at this, I begin to realize, listen, th this, is, this is power. You want to see the power of God, share the gospel with people. Now, again, the response of people is not our responsibility. We can't make someone get saved. I, I remember someone many, many years ago who said to me, Marty, as a Christian, you know what your issue is, even as a pastor, as a Bible teacher? You have to learn to seal the deal. I said, what? What are you talking about, seal the deal? And the person said, well, I've been in car sales all my life. And in car sales, I was taught, and now I teach others, you have to learn how to seal the deal. And that's what God expects from us, is to seal the deal. Now, I'll never forget, when I started sharing, this guy started crying because he thought I was hopeless and useless, and he said he couldn't sit underneath a man who was preaching this stuff because he thought it wasn't true. I said, we don't seal any deal. We can't make it happen. And I said, the only person that can seal the deal is God himself because the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, after you have believed the gospel message, the gospel of your salvation, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who's the one who seals you? God does. You can't seal anybody. You can't seal the deal. I can't make anybody believe. 
They can't make anybody trust, receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I can't do that, and neither can you. And that's the thing that blows me away when I when I think about this podcast and I think about the amount of people that will listen to this. You, we got to stop this nonsense. And there's so much that goes on with this nonsense today, too, in sealing the deal. We think people, if we get somebody to make a decision for Jesus, oh, that's all you got to do is you got to make a decision. That's not what it's about. The person who is spiritually dead can't make a decision. He's a corpse. He's neck cross. He, 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 can't, he can't make a decision to follow Jesus. That's what's so funny. So often, uh, maybe I shouldn't say funny is not, maybe not the word to use, but after, at the end of a lot of church services, you know, they'll strike up the hymn, I have decided to follow Jesus, trying to stir someone to make a decision to follow Jesus. Well, first of all, that's not even biblical. Decisionism. Or you have people say, all I want you to do is ask Jesus into your heart. There's no such thing ever in Scripture to ask Jesus into your heart. Here's another one. That's a fallacy. Just pray this prayer and you too will be saved. Nobody ever in the Bible, Jesus never said pray this prayer. Peter never said. Paul never said. James never said. Uh, Timothy, Silas, all of them. I go on and on. There's nowhere in the Bible that says you pray this prayer and you're going to be saved. Or how about this one? All you have to do is come down to the altar, and you'll find salvation in Jesus here at this altar. What? Jesus is at the altar? What altar? You make sacrifices? You're going to bring a bloody animal to an altar? There's already been a sacrifice made once and once for all. His name is Jesus. Now, I know people, when they hear this, they're going to get mad. They're going to get livid, and some of them are probably going to turn off the podcast and never return. But that's okay, because you have believed a lie. That is a part of the false gospel that's being taught today. A message that's not true. A message that says you got to do this or got to do that to seal the deal. That is a bunch of, it's hogwash. That's what I like to say. It's hogwash. And I have found, even as guest speaker, I've had people come to me, leaders in the church, quote unquote, even pastors, you're not going to do an altar call? You're not going to pray the prayer with them? You're not going to tell them to invite Jesus into their heart? Well, you're not coming back here. That's what you're not doing. You're a false gospel teacher. I've heard this stuff for years. And the truth of the matter is it's nowhere to be found in the pages of God's holy word. And the men who do this are leading people in error. They're leading them astray. I'll tell you why. Because their faith and their trust is not in Jesus Christ. It is in a prayer that they prayed. It is in a altar that they went to. It is in, a, you know, a decision. I've decided to follow Jesus. I remember a guy once told me in the church, he says, I'll never come back to this church. I love you, love the people, but I'll never come back because someday when I stand before Jesus, Minto, here's what I'm going to say. I'm here because I decided to be here. I said, what? You got to be kidding me. And the guy was being honest. He says, my wife feels the same way. You're teaching a false gospel. You must decide. You must choose Jesus. 
And I thought to myself, okay, let's talk about choosing Christ. Let's talk about making a decision. Let's talk about all these days. He didn't want to talk about it. And the bottom line is we have, or you have people say, well, you know, if you truly are saved or you have asked Christ into your heart, you should be babbling. You should be speaking in an unknown tongue. You should be speaking another known language. You should be doing something that should be evident. You should be falling over. You should be weeping. You, you should be, you know, walking the aisle in tears. You should be moaning and groaning up there and just, you know, rivers coming out of your eyes and all this. Kind. No, 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 no. See, the problem is we have believed this stuff. We have created a Jesus. We've created a gospel. We have created means and a method that is not the power of God. I guess that's what it comes down to. It's not God's power. It's man. It's man trying to do something that man can't do. The Apostle Paul once said, I'm not coming to you with eloquent words, but in the power of the Spirit. Because when God is at work, God is the one who does it. That's why salvation belongs to the Lord. When it comes someday, not one of us, no one who's truly saved can ever boast before God. Here's something else that's important when we talk about the gospel. Now, i got to set the stage before we even get into this gospel, but i I got to because it's so important. First of all, it's God's method and his message in order to save man. How do I know that? Well, once again, go to the Scriptures, and I go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verses 18 through 25, and, and listen to the words here of the Apostle Paul. He said, For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness. So if we go preach the gospel, and and that's the word of the cross is the gospel, if we bring people the true gospel and we talk about the birth, the life, the death of Jesus, to those who are perishing, it's foolishness. I mean, that's, that's crazy. He's God's son. Come on. If we don't believe, we're going to perish. We're going to see God's wrath. And if you listen to my last podcast, I talked about those who don't believe. I talked about hell and what hell's all about. Hell's the wrath of God. And why does the wrath of God come? It comes upon those who did not believe, those who rejected the good news. So Paul says here, uh, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So when it comes to the message, when it comes to the gospel message, it is the power of God at work. So it is the message that God has chosen to save people. That's why the gospel is of the utmost importance. That's why the gospel message is a priority. As us, for believers, as we go into the world, it should be the priority of the church, the gospel. But listen to this. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the doubter or debater, excuse me, of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Now, here's the key. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. See, see, the world's wisdom is foolishness to God. Because even though man may be wise, his wisdom comes from God, but his wisdom to acknowledge, to know, and to understand God is foolishness because he can't do it. 
It has to be a work of God. That's why when I share the gospel, or you share the gospel with someone, what we are trusting is, is for God to do a work that only God can do. I can't do it. You can't do it. Now listen to what he says here. This is very important. For God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. See, there's the key. It's not only God's message, it's his method. How does God save people through the gospel being proclaimed? That's why our responsibility, that's why our privilege as Christians is to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. I have no greater responsibility and no greater privilege in all of my life than to be one who comes as an ambassador begging people, pleading with people, sharing with people the good news about Jesus Christ, God's answer to man's problem, sin. And that answer is Jesus Christ. God's answer to his wrath that's coming upon people who die, who don't believe, the answer is Jesus. Those who want to be in heaven, want to experience joy and bliss and peace and comfort someday in a place that God has created, the answer is Jesus. So that's why I proclaim, that's why you should proclaim, because the gospel message is God's message, and it's his method to save people. Now, I, I probably hear and today, I'm getting a little loud. I don't mean to be preachy here, but I get excited, which I don't understand why other people don't. I've had people for years tell me, you know what, I, I just don't, you know, Marty, that's, you're kind of one of those guys, but I, I just don't, I don't want to share the gospel. I don't care. You know, God will save him. I don't, I don't, I don't quite understand that folks. I'm just being honest with you. I, I just don't understand it. And, and to me, I find myself struggling with it. And I try to figure out, okay, why are the people in our world today? Why are those who call themselves Christians not sharing the gospel message? Matter of fact, uh, this is interesting because more and more statistics are proving that as years go by right now in the 21st century, less and less of those within the visible church are sharing the gospel message. And so I thought about this one day, and I, I wrote down uh, just real quick seven things that um, I, I really believe is the reason why. Why people just don't share the gospel. First of all, I, I'm not sure they heard the gospel themselves. I'm not sure they heard the good news. I think they've heard something, but it's not the gospel. It's not the power of God unto salvation. They heard about Jesus, maybe. That doesn't mean that you heard the gospel. Because in that gospel message is why Jesus came, is what was his purpose and what he did while he was here. I mean, there's so much that has to be answered, not to mention it says the Christ. Who's the Christ? We have to show people the evidence we have to bring them the scriptural proof of who Jesus is and why he came. But I'm convinced that there are many people that have never heard the gospel. Uh, the second thing I've already mentioned, they've heard a false gospel. And since they've heard a false gospel, there's no they haven't been changed. There's no real power of the Spirit present within their lives. So they just don't—they're religious people. They haven't, they're not a new creature. The old is past, the new has come. They have the spirit. They're just religious people, and religious people do religious things. I mean, simply, they're not, they have 
they've heard a gospel, but it's a false gospel. The third reason I think people don't share the gospel is they don't understand the gospel, which I got to be careful with this one, but I'm going to be honest with you. If you don't understand the gospel, then how can you be saved yourself? I mean, seriously, how, how could you be saved if you don't understand? Because the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and also in chapter 2, especially in verse 14, that the, the natural man doesn't understand the things of God. They're foolishness to him. He can't comprehend them. He can't, he, he can't reason them. He, he can't, it doesn't settle in with him. It, it's not real uh, truth. He doesn't have that illumination, that understanding that he needs because he's not born from above. He doesn't have the Spirit of God. The fourth thing I, I think the reason why people don't share the gospel is because they're ashamed of the gospel. They're ashamed. Paul said he wasn't ashamed of the gospel, but Jesus talked in Luke chapter 9, verse 26, Matthew chapter 10, that if you're ashamed of me and my teaching, now remember, Jesus is the gospel. If you're ashamed of him, you're ashamed of his teaching, he's going to be ashamed of you before the Father. In other words, you're not going to be there. You don't belong to him. The fifth reason I think why Christians or those who call themselves Christians don't share the gospel is that simply they're disobedient to God. Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20, the, the Great Commission. Mark 16, 15, go preach the gospel to all the world. They're not doing that. They're not making disciples. They're just disobedient. And I'll tell you why. We don't like confrontation. Human beings, no matter how many years I have talked about this, taught on this, shared with people, we don't like to confront people. We don't want to tell them things because we're so afraid that they'll get angry at us. We're, they're, we're so afraid they're not going to like us anymore. They're, they're going to think differently. They're going to think that we're one of those Bible thumpers, one of those Christian wacko kind of people, and, and they're going to stay away from us, and they're going to get mad at us because we talk about God's wrath and his judgment in the gospel. We talk about what sin has produced. We, we talk about the reality they're a sinner. They need a Savior, and guess what? They don't like that, so they stand opposed to us, and we don't want our family. We don't want our friends. We don't want our neighbors. We don't want our coworkers thinking like that about us. So we disobey God. I don't know about you folks. I would rather deal with people in my life than deal with God because God has to deal with you when you sin against him, when you're disobedient. Um, once again, I already mentioned this, but uh, some don't understand it's God's method and message to save. They try everything and anything. Um, they, some people believe if you get somebody in church while they're saved, Hey, as, as long as they're coming on Sunday and they're showing up and you know, uh, Hey, they might, they're okay. No, they're not. Or you know what? They raised a hand. They filled out a card. They came down to the front. Hey, they must be my brother and sister in Christ. No, that's not the same as sharing the gospel. And once again, it's our responsibility to understand it's God's message and his method. And last but not least, um, maybe they don't want to see someone saved. I know that's a hard one, but I, I, I think there are those, and I guess we would all be guilty to some degree, who have prejudice within us or partiality, or we, we struggle with certain people 
maybe by the way they look, maybe by their nationality, their ethnic background, maybe by their economic status, maybe by the wicked and evil things that they do. I mean, the list goes on. But I think about the fact that in the Bible, like Jonah, you ever study the book of Jonah? Jonah didn't want to preach to Nineveh because he knew what God would do. He knew that God would show the mercy and grace and the salvation would come to Nineveh, and Jonah didn't want that. He didn't want it because the Ninevites were evil, wicked people. He didn't want it. How about James talks about when, you know, people who come into your your midst of the congregation and there are those who are dressed finely and you treat them really nice, and then there are those, well, they look homeless or dirty, and guess what? You tell them, here, sit down at the, my feet, sit down over here. Or, and you treat them differently. I mean, there's all kind of examples within the pages of God's holy word. Or, you know, why are you talking to me? You know, you're from a, a different people group, just like with the Jews and the Samaritans or the Greeks. I mean, the list goes on. We see these examples in the pages of Scripture. And the truth of the matter is there's a part of us, because we have a prejudice, we have a partiality, an issue with somebody, we don't want them saved. I think to myself, I, people that have been hurt by others in their life, people that have been hurt by their parents, over the years I've watched people say, I, I don't want to tell my father about Jesus. He's an evil, wicked man. If you only knew what he did to me, you only knew how he treated me and my mother growing up, he, he deserves hell. And then I have to, as I listen, just say to them, so do you, so do I. All men deserve hell. And sometimes because of the hurt and pain, or once again because the color of someone's skin, you know what, they, you know, let them find out on their own. I'm not going to share. I'm not going to go there. You know, or if it's my boss, I'm, you know, would I tell my boss he could fire me? My kids, you know, will they get mad at me? My parents, my 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 spouse, my neighbors, they won't talk to me maybe anymore. But I want to remind all of you of this before we close here today on the Marty Minto Show podcast. And and I hope it's been more than than just a sermon type of podcast. I, I'm just trying to challenge you. You know, some some say, Hey, listen, I, I just don't know how. Um you know, there is no man-made program to share the gospel. If you are saved, truly saved, you know what the gospel is. Jesus is the gospel. You must present Jesus to a world that is lost. You must present his birth, his life, his instructions, his nature, his death, the empty tomb, his departure, his kingdom. You, you must talk about sin. You must talk about the wrath of God. You must talk about God's answer for man. God's answer to reconcile not only himself to man, but man to himself. I could go on and on and on. The gospel is Jesus. Jesus is the good news. But always remember this. This is so important. Always remember this. In the book of Romans, chapter 10, 
Listen to these words, and maybe you have heard them before, but you need to hear them again. The Scripture says, Whoever believes in Him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call upon Him. For whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How then shall they call upon him whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good things. However, they did not all heed the glad tidings, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. That passage there, study it. Study it carefully. The believing is not up to you. You can't get someone to believe. You can't force them to believe. You can't make them believe. But have people really heard about Jesus? Have they heard the true gospel? Have they heard about the true biblical Jesus in his life? Right from the pages of Scripture, not my opinion. Not what Jesus that you want to create, but the biblical Jesus. The saving Jesus. The answer that God has given to man. We are to go. And we are to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. We are to tell them about Jesus. And folks, even if all the people we go to reject us, don't want to talk about them, mock us, make fun of us, stay away from us and elude us, we still remember that someday we answer to one and one only, his name is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Someday we will give an account to God. And Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me or my teaching, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. I hope and pray today that you're not ashamed. And if you're listening to this podcast, and again, you want to know more about the good news, more about Jesus, you want to know more about salvation, or maybe you were stirred by some of the things I said that goes on today in the church, where people begin to play music, ask you to pray prayers, walk down an aisle, do this, do that. I'd love to talk to you about it, because it's not biblical. It's not. Jesus, when he began his ministry and Mark chapter 1, the very beginning in Mark chapter 1, he went forward and he was healing diseases and sicknesses. He was casting out demons. He was doing the work that he had been called to do. But as he went forward, the Bible tells us he was telling those who he came in contact with that the fact that he was preaching the gospel of God, he said the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That's what Jesus said. He didn't say, pray a prayer, 
walk this aisle, bring a sacrifice here, do this, do that. He said, repent and believe. And all of that is a work of God and God's grace. Thank you once again for being with me here today on the Marty Minto Show podcast. I want to remind all of you out there who are listening uh, that, hey, listen, we're here to help you to learn so that you can teach others and you can defend the truth. And I pray that this podcast has really made an impact on you and your life. And I hope and pray that you're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Until next time. This one says it's a lost cause. Save your